Welcome back, everybody, to the I'm Just Talking podcast with me, your host, Cello. It is Sunday, August 1st. It is also just about a week left of the the actually 2020 Olympics that's going on now. Um, Big news out of that is that Simone Biles withdrew from the team event on Tuesday and has since withdrawn from everything but the uneven bars. I mean, uneven bars, the... um, the balance beam Um, after she did a vault and she wound up only doing one and a half twists on a two and a half twist um, attempt. She, she didn't feel mentally ready. So she withdrew. She uh, got a lot of flack for that. Initially, a lot of people have come to her defense. I saw Lindsey Vaughn, Chris, Chris Cuomo, Um, and then I also saw a Facebook post by, I don't know if the person's famous, but so I'm going to try to dive into not necessarily why she withdrew because I can't talk intelligently about necessarily the, the, uh, technical reasons and things like that. Um, I will touch them, but I, I don't know enough about the sport to, you know, try to be an authority. But what I think I'm an authority on is the psyche of why we as regular people, don't understand what she was going through and why, you know, this generation is perceived as soft or why, you know, people didn't understand. Um, So I will start out by saying that I actually did gymnastics for like a year when I was a kid. Um, I'm a short statured gentleman. I use that term loosely. Um, People around me, you know, thought that that, you know, was my my athletic, you know, road to glory. Um, I didn't particularly like it. Um, It wasn't physical enough for me, although I'm pretty sure I retained a lot of that upper body strength that I that I got for that year. I I think I did the horse mostly. Um, We did the rings. We did a lot of stretching. It just it, it just wasn't aggressive enough for me. So. I have a tiny bit of experience in the sport, but nothing crazy. My father, whose birthday is actually tomorrow, I should be doing a, a post about him. But uh, we, um, he, he thought that I would have been on a Wheaties box if I stuck with it. Um, looking at some of those guys, though, they're so ripped. Like, I wish I was ripped like that. So anyway, and I've also always wanted to be you know, an an athlete. I wanted to play pro football. I thought maybe I had a shot to play some baseball. Um, but some things, uh, you know, just, just aren't meant to be. Um, so feel like I have a balance of being a regular person, but trying to understand the, the psyche of an athlete. So with that being said, she withdrew on Tuesday from the team final and it was a big deal. Um, lots of sports people were calling her soft you know, suck it up and get out there. And that seemed to be quickly like head on, you know, people like uh, Lindsey Vaughn came out and, and talked about her, about, you know, that individual choice and what it's like to be in the zone and things like that. Chris Cuomo had a really good, and I saw this somewhere else too, 
Um, they talked about it here on the local radio, but Chris Cuomo talked about how she has a mental injury and there's a stigma attached to that. They, you know, because you can't, you can't see it. It's not obvious. She's not limping. You know, she doesn't have her arm in a sling. She doesn't have a brace on her knee. So it's almost like there's that stigma that people don't believe it. They, you know, they just think, oh, well, you could say that, but that's not true, right? So that's kind of where I think that this comes in. This is why it's sort of like a, a gray area. She um, she was doing a vault, and she did one and a half twists on a two and a half twist um, attempt. And when she landed, and I've watched this a couple times, when she, she didn't land very well, she knew right away that it wasn't going to happen. She goes over and talks to her teammates, and that's when she withdraws. Now, what, what some people don't understand is that she's a veteran. She's been at this thing since, like, 2013. You know, she's still very, very young. She's the greatest gymnast of all time, they say. And she decided that, you know, it was best for the team to, to walk away and give somebody else that has practiced uh, that she believed in and said, look, this is your time now. Um, Suni Lee uh, one of her teammates wound up winning the winning, winning a gold medal, and hit her dad, you know, was really appreciative of the fact that, you know, Simone decided that these that she had faith in them that she, you know she she knew that they would be okay, and that gave his daughter the opportunity to win the gold medal. So, that's like point number one is that I think that we construe leadership as being tough and and being almost tunnel visioned. But she talked about how this, you know, when she got to Tokyo, she didn't really feel it, but she started feeling off, um, you know, leading up to, and she tried to go through with it and she, she nearly hurt herself. So she knew, and sometimes leaders got to let other people perform. You can't be the type of leader to say, I can do it all. I'm going to do it all by myself. Um, I'm going to put this burden on me to win us a gold medal. Now, if you do that and you're that type of leader, that's not bad. But she's at a point in life. Um, and, and I think this is partially because of the way that the society is now where we want people to be open about their mental health. We want them to seek help. We want to you know, hit that, hit those issue or touch those issues like face on, like head on. And she spoke up about it. Um, and she basically knew as the leader is if she continued to perform poorly, that they wouldn't win at all. So they wound up winning, I believe the silver medal in the team portion. And then the girl won, um, another event. She won SUNY Lee won a gold medal. Um, so Simone did the right thing as a leader. She said, I don't have it. I'm not going to be able to compete at a level that's going to help the team. And she said, you know, whatever she said, I don't know exactly what she said, but you know, the gist of it is you guys, I'm here for you. I got your back emotionally. I'll coach you through, but you're all talented group and you can get, you can do this without me. I believe in you. And they did. Um, they had almost an insurmountable lead 
you know, by gymnastic standards anyways, but they got pretty close and they, I think they got a silver medal um, or bronze. I get confused on that one, which one's the second place. So if she continued to compete, maybe they don't medal at all. I mean, I will never know, but it, it, my understanding is it was pretty obvious that if she continued to have crap routines that they were going to lose. And I think the main thing there is she knew that she knew in her heart of hearts. I don't got it. It's not coming back fast enough. I'm all I'm going to do is crush these girls dreams and I'm going to, well, they will be better off without me kind of a thing. And again, sometimes leaders need to walk away and take a step back and, you know, let somebody else give it their all. And whether they make a mistake or whether they fail or not, you know, and I think that's an important point here is that she took that stance. It worked out fine. And she didn't care about her own, you know, benefit. She didn't need, doesn't need any extra endorsements, doesn't need any extra gold medals, doesn't need any extra money. She just needed those girls to win. And they were going to win without, they weren't going to win with her. So I applaud her for saying, I'm the leader of this team and this is the right thing to do. And sometimes the right, and most of the time the right thing to do isn't popular. Um, I think the other thing that, that we need to open up is that Olympic athletes, professional athletes, bench players in the NBA, bench players in baseball, you know, girls who were alternates. That's another thing too, is an alternate got a chance to, to, to compete in the Olympics that she wouldn't have probably gotten. But if, you know, anybody that makes it to a professional rank, they're badass. They are the cream of the crop genetically. Usually then, you know, the other 99% of us who just live vicariously. And I think the reason normal people like me and probably you listening that we don't get is that we're living vicariously through them and their triumphs are our triumphs, their defeats are our defeats. You know, their, their success gives us joy and every, and then you, you know, you can make the argument, you know, it's the Olympics, it's for your country, it's different. Yeah, I get it. But it's also not different. You know what I mean? Like if, if she would have broke her leg, everybody would have been like, oh, that sucks. You know, she can't compete. But because again, it's not a visible, it is not a visible injury and she still has that great smile on the sideline. Everybody thinks it's BS and it's bullshit. And the amount of pressure that is on these people because they are so athletically gifted, you know, it's something we'll never understand. I mean, I suppose if you're in a high level position in your job, it's kind of the same where that there's pressure, you have to perform, you can't call out sick, you know, people come to you for the rescue, the whole shit. But in this sense, endorsements, contracts, um, money, you know, generational wealth in some cases to continue to put yourself in danger to, to give your family generational wealth. You know, the, I mean, all that stuff comes into play and we do a terrible job as an audience and as fans saying, you owe me something. And the reality is they don't owe us shit. It, you know, we owe them. We owe them the applause for saying, we know you've sacrificed your entire life to be great. And some of you feel an obligation to be great for us sitting at home, drinking beer or, you know, 
buying their favorite NBA or baseball or, you know, NFL jersey or what have you. And we don't we don't give them enough respect, I don't think, as people people. We look at them because they are, they're they're extremely gifted, they're extremely talented, but we look at them as like gods in some sense. Like we worship them. And then when something like this happens, they let us down. We're understandably upset, but it's not a, it's not fair. It really isn't. It isn't fair to them at all. And I think we need to look at that. And you think, you know, before you start popping off at the mouth that she's weak or she's, you know, obligated or she's, you know, a terrible teammate. I think we need to really sit back and say, no, these people put up with more than the average bear. Their every move is, you know, calculated. And, you know, she's so famous. I'm sure she can't even go to the freaking grocery store. She can't, she can't go to an in and out burger. It would be national. It'd be like a national scandal. You know what I mean? It's like, it can't be, it can't, you can't, it can't be both ways. It can't be give, 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 show, 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 make my life better because I'm an American and you won the gold medal. In the meantime, putting yourself at risk or putting your team in, you know, in danger of not winning. So if, and the other thing is, is who knows her? Nobody really knows her. My understanding is she had a freaking horrible child, childhood. Her grandparents took her in and she overcame that to become the greatest gymnast of all time. So don't you think that it hurts her to not compete, to not go through with her teammates, to not, you know, chase that glory? Of course it does. It has to, and it has to be more, but we have to understand that it's her accomplishment. It's not ours. You know, I don't win the gold medal. I don't get an endorsement deal with McDonald's if she wins the gold medal. Is it disappointing that she withdrew? Eh, I guess, because she'd have been fun to watch, but that's it. What does it do for me watching her besides going, wow, that's awesome? You know what I mean? Uh, I, I mean, I marvel. Like, I love when they do, like, the, the floor exercise and they're doing these flips and they're spinning and they're, you know, landing on their feet. And then they, you know, you know, all kinds of twists and turns and jumps. And I love that shit. That was one of the reasons I was maybe interested in, in gymnastics, but I never, I never took it far enough to go, all right, you know, I can do this. I can do a backflip. I can do a double round off twist. I'm, I'm making shit up, obviously, because I don't know it. But... Because you look at that and you think it's cool, you feel cheated. You feel, you know, slighted that you're not going to get to see her perform. She's young enough. She'll be back in three years, you know, hopefully. You know, this is something that, you know, passes for her. And um, she's able to compete again, world championships, the next Olympics, which again is actually shorter this time. It's only three years out. So, you know... We need to give her her space. We need to respect her as a person first, um, love and respect her as an athlete second, and and give her that time. Because our lives are so miserable that she didn't compete that we have to talk shit about her. Now, granted, there's people that are on um, you know national news networks and controversy gets you know ears and eyes on you, and they they're paid. Maybe they're told what to say. I don't know, but. 
I get it. You have an opinion. You have a platform for your opinion, and you can say whatever the fuck you want, but I think you're wrong, and I think you're misinformed. I certainly, you know, believe in this gener believe that this generation has some issues with how we deal. Yeah, everybody gets a participation trophy, you know. You can't you know, every kid on T ball had to have equal playing time, which actually that's kind of fair because those kids don't know their ass from their elbow. But like, you know, I sat the bench a lot. The main reason I didn't become a, a professional athlete is because I wasn't good enough, right? And I know I wasn't good enough. But if you get the chance to play because one of your teammates is sick or one of your teammates is hurt, you you know, that's when you that's why you train. That's why you as a bench guy, you continue to be locked in because you know you're gonna get a chance at some point. Injuries happen. Mental, a lot of people have been talking about mental health. Kevin Love, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, football player uh, last year, um, I forget who it was, but it was a pretty prominent football player talked about his mental health. Um, Aaron Rodgers talked about his a little bit while he was mulling what was going on with the Green Bay Packers. So we just have to know. We have to know that this is part of life. This is part of the game. And, you know, we should be understanding and express our understanding and our gratitude for someone who's willing to say, you know what, this is, my mind's not right. And I think the word she used was the mental wasn't there. Um, so closing that point up, quit being an idiot and thinking that athletes owe us something because they don't. They need to, you know, any chance you get to watch anybody do anything and it amazes you, then... You know, take it for that moment in life, that fleeting moment. You know, Javier Baez became a New York Met, my favorite baseball team, and he hit a a game-tying two-run home run last night, and that's great. But if tomorrow he decides he can't play because he can't, then he doesn't. You know what I mean? It's not gonna it's not gonna change my life. So the other part of that is, and, and a lot of um, there, the one of the posts that I saw was how. Um, was it the 96 Olympic team with Kerry Shrug and Bella Caroli basically putting his personal, like he wanted that gold medal so bad and she's telling him, I don't know if I could do it. And her ankle's heavily taped and she could barely walk. And the parallel there is you see it, you know, she's hurt. She goes out there. She secured the gold medal. I think a lot of people say we won the gold medal because of her. But she really secured it, and you know, she her career was cut short because of that. And she was prodded, and I don't want to say forced because I don't know. But you know, a lot of the video shows him kind of saying, "No, you can do it. This we need this. This you know." And that and that's kind of my generation, and that's instinctively I would do um, if I had a, you know a body part that wasn't working very well. As long as I could sprint down there just long enough to get a good jump or whatever, I would do it. Um, but I think, you know, in that sense, the coach at that point put the health of Kerry Shrug behind, you know, Olympic glory. Now, and, and again, she, maybe Kerry Shrug would say she would do it all over again, that she really made the decision or she, you know, Bella Caroli, the coach at the time would have been okay if she said no. But I, I don't believe that. But, um, you know, she did it. She's wildly famous. But my understanding is her career was never the same at that point. 
Um, and again, the outcome was dramatic and the outcome was good in terms of, you know, we won the gold medal and, you know, the whole thing. And, but what if not, what if, what if should have broke her leg like Alex Smith and got an infection and then only had one leg. There was another story that came out after all this about a Russian gymnast that around that same time, early, like in the, eh, maybe in the eighties, I believe, um, had broken her leg at some point leading up to the Olympics and the Russian team basically forced her, forced her to compete. And she fell. And I forget what event she was doing. And she, when she landed, she, she broke her neck and became a quadriplegic. And, you know, her life was never the same. Now, granted, Russia is a little bit different than America, especially in the 80s. But, you know, in that era, the coach told you to play. You played, right? You know, you couldn't really get around it. So I think the, the, the U.S. Olympic team coach really said um you know they respected her they didn't obviously didn't force her they let her make the decision that was best for her having confidence in the other people on the team and 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 they're doing well so i think we don't put enough into the fact of how much how mentally locked in you have to be to be a gymnast I remember just doing the horse. I was like a seven or eight year old, you know, trying to do the horse and it, and it was hard. Like you, you had to be like perfect. Your legs had to swing in a certain way. Your arms get tired. And, and it is, it's mentally taxing any sport that you dedicate your life to. And, and then you, you know, and then the other thing is these, these people practice and they're, they don't have, you know, competitions, you know, every week, they don't play every Sunday, you know, they have certain competitions that they go to that are kind of warm ups, and just to get to the Olympics is a long road. And you know they they're gonna practice, you know, ten thousand hours a year just to for two weeks or five events in this case, I think it is. So when you're propelling yourself off of a springboard and then you know turning backwards, pushing yourself off your arms to, you know twist two and a half times in the air, you, you have to do this repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly to see. So your body remembers. So you're able to, I, I'm guessing there's a way you count in the air. I'm guessing that, you know, the like if I, if I spun around in the chair I'm sitting on, I'm going to be dizzy, right? They have, their bodies are trained but it's their mind too, their sense of awareness, how high they are and the, you know, when to talk, when to, you know, when to expect the impact on the feet, you know, all of these things come into play. And she used the term twisties, which I had never heard before. Um, which is basically means you're disoriented up in the air and you don't really have control over what you're doing. Like you consciously know you're flipping through the air, I'm guessing. And then, but she knew she, and I think she even mentioned like, yeah, you guys think I did this okay vault, but I only did one and a half turns. I was supposed to do two. And then they slowed it down and you could see, and, and there's a picture of her midair too, where I think her eyes are open and you could kind of see in her face that she was just floating in the air. Like, and I think at that point I'm, I would think if I was her that I would just be hoping to make sure I landed on my feet and my feet stable. Like you don't want to break a leg or God forbid you land on your head, 
you know, or something like that. Um, because imagine the tragedy of her not saying nothing, going up, having the twisties, and then she hurts her neck or God forbid dies. And then, it, but the, you know, then it, hindsight would be 2020 where everybody would say, oh, you know, she should have spoke up. And then there would be, you know, all this talk about the, about the, you know, the Olympics, the, the U.S. Olympics uh, coaches and did they know and who was responsible. I mean, this is, it's so much more dramatic than I think we, we think, but it's more dramatic. It's more melodramatic, I guess, is the word I'm looking for, where it's like, why is this even a story? Why do I even get to do a podcast for 30 minutes on why we should respect her and why? Because the alternative to me would have been a a bigger story. It would have been more tragic. It would, you know, I'm glad she'll get to compete. One thing I did notice too is when she was talking about it, um, she looks more mature. She's, you know, sitting up a little bit right. Her face is more mature. She's talking more confidently than I remember her just being kind of the all shucks little kid a few years ago. Great smile, of course. And she knows, she knew beyond the shadow of a doubt, this was the right decision. She gets, she gets to live to fight another day. And I, I think she, you know, maybe it's different if she was like her first year. And again, someone that's, you know, struggling to make the team or just made their first one. They may be, they may be kind of tight lipped about this and then go out and hurt themselves. Just imagine her, imagine yourself like being in the air upside down knowing you have to like twist your body and point your feet in a particular direction. Um, my daughter did like did diving in college and off the diving board. And even the simple type stuff that she was doing, you have to be very, very brave. Like I can't, I can't even imagine actually doing a floor routine anymore and not being concerned about how I was going to land if I was going to land on my head. So this bout with the twisties, she said, usually takes her about two, two and a half weeks to get over. Typically it's in, in between and she gets locked in for the, for the Olympics. Um, a lot has been talked about too, about how this Olympics is different. There's no fans. It's not maybe that lack of energy from fans is something that started playing in her mind. I don't know, you know, whether or not they should go is, are they, is she nervous to even be competing because COVID's raging over there. Who knows? But once, you know, I know when I'm in my own head as, as a restaurant manager and I know I'm, I know the whole day is going to be screwed up and you just do your best. But luckily in this case where I work now, it's not a lot of open flame. There's, you know, very little chance of hurting anyone, but just imagine that you got to be on your mental, you know, these, you know, I'm sure she didn't feel good about having to pull out after spending, you know, four years preparing and, you know, our ex, we let ourselves down because of our expectations for her. So we're regular folks, man. We're regular people. We'll never understand it. We need to understand that we won't understand it. Applaud her for taking care of herself. Applaud her for doing what was best for herself. Applaud her for doing what was best for her team. Because the alternative is her being severely injured or dying. And nobody wants that. I mean, I'd rather her come back strong next Olympics or in the next world championships and, and, you know, knock it out of the park. And I don't think an off season really gives any of these professional athletes time to decompress. 
Um, so hopefully that made some sense to you guys. Hopefully you understand that where, where I'm coming from with this. Yes, this generation is a little bit softer, um, which ultimately, ultimately I think makes them stronger. But, um, and yes, there is some, uh, you know, differences in the way people, you know, in the, I don't know, maybe 35 years old and up the way that we grew up and, and things like that. But sometimes being a great leader and being the greatest at something is letting somebody else take the torch and seeing what they can do with it. And then you come back stronger when you're ready. Um, there is strength in, in talking. There is strength in telling people you're not okay. There is strength in your, your, in, uh, speaking out. Um, and I think there's strength there because at that point, when you, once you speak out, you know that the chips are going to fall a certain way and you really don't care. And, uh, that's good. And I applaud her. All right, guys, this is uh, episode 32. I think don't forget anchor, Spotify, Google, Apple, breaker, radio public, Overcast, which actually I have some good views on there too. Castbox and Pocket Cast. I hope if I said that one already. Um, I'm underscore just underscore talking on Instagram. I do have a small YouTube channel, but uh, under my name, Marcello Gabrielli. Um, nothing from the podcast is on there yet. Although I, that was the first foray into like these sort of like things that I think are funny or you know important to talk about. I have a few videos on there. Um, you guys be good to yourself. Speak out when you're when you're struggling, and uh, remember what I always say: respect, equality, and unity. Jello is out.